Hi, I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy with another Global Real Estate School podcast. Welcome to the podcast. My name is John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy, and thank you for joining me for episode 071. That's right, my 71st podcast episode. Well, on our previous podcast, we visited with one of my friends, Nicole, from San Francisco. She's a young agent. She's doing a phenomenal job in the real estate industry, and she gave us some really cool words of encouragement, some ideas on uh, getting your real estate license and how she's made it made it big as a real estate professional in San Francisco. Today, we're going to get back into some of the definitions and information to help you prepare and pass that real estate exam on the first attempt. And I want to talk about a valid contract versus a void contract today. What's the difference between a valid contract and a void contract or a contract that would be considered void? Well, we need to understand that a valid contract has, has what is called a legally binding force. It is sufficient to bind both parties, and it's also authorized by law. Now, we study in the course about the essential elements of a contract. There are some uh, different items that need to be present for a contract to be valid or enforceable. Now, I want to kind of back up and just go over a couple of quick things because when we talk about a contract in real estate, many times most people want to equate a contract with a sales contract or an offer to purchase. Yes, that is one form of a real estate contract, but there are many forms of real estate contracts. And we talk about a lot of these or most all of these contracts in the course material. You know, don't forget that it's not only a contract for sale, but an option is a contract. A mortgage or mortgages would be examples of contracts between the borrower and the lender. A lease is a contract. If you lease an apartment, that's a contract, or you lease a home. Contracts for deed, escrow again agreements and other types of loan commitments. I mean, listing agreements, property management agreements. These are all types of contracts. So for a contract to be valid, it's what we call a legally binding force. It's sufficient to bind both parties. Now, there are some items that need to be present for a contract to be valid. And again, I'm not an attorney. I'm just a real estate instructor, someone who has 40 years of real estate experience, and I'm just giving you information that you need to know for the exam. You always want to seek out legal counsel for any type of specific legal questions. But for a contract to be valid, there are several things we need present. First of all, you need competent parties. They, uh, you know, I'm looking at John Riley's book here in, in his book, The Language of Real Estate, and he says there must be at least two bona fide parties to any contract. Thus, John Sharp cannot agree to deed property to himself. He could, however, convey property to himself and to Bob Smith as tenants in common. We talk about that in the class, but you couldn't just 
you know, deed property to yourself. So you need competent parties, and there must be two bona fide competent parties. We also need the agreement to be in writing. We talk about the statute of frauds, and that just says that contracts need to be in writing to be enforceable. You will see many questions on the exam regarding the need for a contract to be in writing, listing agreements, for example, to be in writing to be enforceable. So we have competent parties, two parties, a minimum of two. We need the contract to be in writing. There needs to be a description. If it involves real property, then the property needs to be described through the legal description or some means. Uh, there needs to be what is called a meeting of the minds. In other words, um, the parties need to understand the terms and you know, both people understand everything that's happening and uh, there's, there's no confusion here. So a meeting of the minds, there must be consideration and it must be for a legal purpose. And then you need a signature or signatures. In a listing agreement, you would need the signature of the broker and the, the uh, parties that are selling the property. On a sales contract or an offer to purchase, you would need the signature of the sellers and the buyers. So again, competent parties needs to be in writing a description of what's being conveyed or what's being managed or uh, leased, a, dis, uh, a meeting of the minds, consideration, needs to be for a legal purpose, and then you need the signatures of all the parties. So uh, that's your valid contract, and you need to read those questions carefully on the exam and make sure that it meets all of those criteria uh, to, to justify a valid contract. Now, a void contract, well, it cannot be enforced. If, if you were, for example, you could have all of these elements that we just talked about, but if it was for a, an illegal purpose, then that contract would be unenforceable or what we call void. Well, as always, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you found this helpful on what a valid contract is. You need to know this information for the real estate exam. We try to make it fun and easy for you at Global Real Estate School with videos and audios. And by the way, if you're preparing for the real estate exam, you are in another state Hop on over to globalrealestateschool.com. Check out some of our study aids. We'd love to have you. Uh, we've totally revamped all of our practice questions. We have some digital flashcards and so much more. And if you're considering a career in real estate, you live in Missouri, South Dakota, or Kansas, we want you as a student. We'd love and be honored to represent you for your new career in real estate. As always, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you go out and you have a great day. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Global Real Estate School. I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy. Go out and make it a great day.